0: Exploring the intersection of of medicine, medicine, sports, and pop culture, this is the Doctors Are People Too podcast. Here's your host, Dr. Josh Belfer. Welcome back to the Doctors Are People Too podcast. Today, you're going to hear the conclusion of my discussion with Dr. Oren Gottfried. Dr. Gottfried is a neurosurgeon at Duke University and he serves as a medical advisor to multiple medical television shows. In the second part of my discussion with Dr. Gottfried, we talk about how he got into acting on Chicago Med after being an advisor for the show. We also talk about his reaction to some current and past medical television shows like Grey's Anatomy and Scrubs. And at the end, we have him explain his tweets. Hope you enjoy. Orin, you've more recently gotten into some acting yourself in terms of uh guest starring in chicago med i would imagine a neurosurgery reality show and even lennox Hill followed two neurosurgeons in in their show is an Orin godfrey neurosurgeon reality show on the horizon for you
1: i don't believe so i i I mean just to be honest i don't find myself interesting enough so i think that the people that have been demonstrated on i haven't watched the show myself but i I I see one of the doctors on social media and interact with him. He seems like a very interesting person. Um, I don't think you can ask for something like that. I think that would be very telling to shop your own story. Um, However, being involved with a production that shows a reality, I think I'd be a a good advisor. I think I could determine, I mean, thinking in a fictional way, I feel after 11 years, I hear a story and start building all the layers to it, and I I have a sense of what would show well. I mean, something you say in TV quite a bit is what is visual? I mean, there are diagnoses, and there's tests, and there's presentations that would appear, you know, um, dramatically or emotion-provoking on air, and so I could think about things and be an advisor and say this would be a good storyline, this would not be good, and these are the concerns I have, so I think in the big picture, that probably wouldn't be a reality about me, but... I think helping others. I mean, I would love to tell the stories of some of my colleagues I work with. Some they're fascinating individuals. The backstories of many of the doctors I work with are are great, and I feel like a lot of medicine is how do you interact with the patients, and are you a good person, and do you take good care of them? But I mean, getting to know the people that are taking care of you. I think it's our job as doctors to know when to tell our patients a little bit about ourselves, and there are rules about not doing it too much because you actually take up more time talking about yourself and we want to hear our patients talk. But you, I mean, we all see the, the relationships we build by just letting them into a little bit of ourselves. And so I've worked on that as a physician, just to let people in. Um, they always ask about the TV because when they Google search me, it comes up. And so right away, you know, I'm obligated to tell them a few fun stories that maybe I haven't told before. But I, I just think it's nice that, um, You know, that we all can be more than just the physician, that we are just people trying to, you know, have a good life and take good care of ourselves and others.
0: I think, Oren, after uh, you're done with medical consulting, I'll hire you as an advertising consultant because I think you've made the case for why we've set out to do on this podcast what we have that doctors are people too. We, We live real lives. We, uh, you know, have interests outside of medicine, and we are real people. And I think it is interesting to talk about, it, and I think it's a conversation for another day in terms of the doctor-patient relationship, you know, letting, to, letting the patients into your life a little bit. I think that does really go a long way in terms of creating that nice relationship with your patients. Is there going to be more acting in the future for you? You know, how, how did, well, let's take a step back. How did you transition from uh, writing and consulting to, to now starring as yourself on Chicago Med?
1: I mean, all of your words are very kind. I think in general, you know, I look at myself as the advisor, um, but in general, as I start pitching more and more stories and just being valued for being the advisor, I realized, you know, there's opportunity that the writer can see the story, understand the medicine and build something really great. But when I'm actually taking care of patients and I have an emotional experience, I see where I could create a story as well. So I've just been in a lucky position where the writers have valued that I can do more than just advising. Um, I've always found the production very fascinating. Just to be completely honest, I think I've been on set maybe 10 times in my life for various shows. So it's not like I'm spending day to day. And just to do a call out, there are people, nurses, doctors, other clinicians that spend 40 hours a week. 60 hours a week, what have you, on the set. So I never wanted to take their role away that I'm doing anything like they're doing. There are wonderful people in each one of the shows I've been lucky enough to work on to spend all that time. But as a curiosity, I've always thought it would be nice to go full circle and get on set and see the production, meet some of the actors, see every one of the roles. It would just make me a better advisor. So I have asked or been invited to go on set and... Um, You know, one of the shows I've been on set a few times, and um, as I was presenting cases, I just mentioned it would be nice to have a cameo, um, especially if it's something where I can actually advise. So the advisors on set can do great work and show so many different things in medicine. But, I mean, as you can imagine, even within your field, there's just nuances that only your own field would see. So I kind of made a pitch that if there's ever a neurosurgery scene, I would love to just bring it to that level with the neurosurgery nuances. And so one thing led to another, and I felt like I could ask, and I did ask, and I was on air on one particular episode. Um, I just wanted to get my feet wet and see what it's like to stand in front of the camera. Um, you asked earlier if I had done a lot of acting, not as an adult, but as a kid, I did a bit of acting, and it seems kind of fun. And in this case, I'm playing myself or some variant of myself. Uh, so eventually I got a line, and then recently I was on again, and I got two lines, and all of this, I don't, I'm don't. i not really a guest star, I'm just, you know, a on-air talent, and again, talent in quotation because I'm just a neurosurgeon, but on-air person, and so I've just been loving it, it's fun. Um, but I also feel like by bringing me in, I'm not just going to show up as an actor, I'm going to show up as a consultant that wants to help the consultants on set. They probably don't need me. But just by being there, I'm going to give my two cents about the neurosurgery. And they've been so kind. And It's just such a family on set, just like you asked about the writer's room. I mean, the shows that go on, you know, 20 episodes a year, they're just so friendly to each other. And their efficiency, I mean, it's just ridiculous. I even left one time being on set and just thought if medicine was as efficient as a TV production. I mean, I think we do well with patient care, but there's so many inefficiencies. There's so many letdowns for our patients along the process, and I just feel that I I took from some of the models I saw in TV production and actually started to apply some of the better communication, closed-loop communication between teams. I actually learned about leadership by showing up on these sets and learning about the production.
0: And I think that's interesting, the the sort of crossover in terms of, of skills that you're able to bring back. I mean, I, in high school and college, interned uh, for Michael Smirconich, who's who's at that time was Morning Drive political talk radio show host. And so I was going in three, four times uh, before high school, uh, three, four times a week, seeing their show, 6 to 9 a.m., news is breaking. They have to then, you know, cover the story two minutes later, they're getting information in real time. Um, some of that, some of those skills, I think, as I went through my medical training and still, I I think back to, uh, some of the overlap and efficiency, I think is a nice word, uh, being able to take some of those skills. Are there other skills that you think you were able to take from the other side, from neurosurgery, and then kind of help you to become uh, the best medical consultant when it comes to television shows?
1: Yeah. I mean, in general... As we all went through medical school, we wondered, you know, at some point you realize what field you're going to go into. And many of us, you know, we diverge in our pathway and really just focus on that. I I try to mentor medical students going into neurosurgery to really value their third and fourth years. And while they need to excel on surgery and neurosurgery, they should intend to excel in all of medicine you're never going to get that firsthand experience i mean you're paying to be there but you're never going to get the experience of having other services look at you as part of their team you're always going to be the other service um and so what i took from medical school is i'm going to learn everything like i'm going to you know like i was going to go into each of the fields and i think that's not uncommon but it's more talked about than practice so i went in with I'm going to learn everything about every field and i didn't know why i just thought i want to be a good doctor and try to be a good doctor but it paid off well because at this point i'm not just consulting on neurosurgery themes i'm looking into all fields and i work at duke and it's a nice, it's a very nice place and good people i can call up a colleague in colorectal surgery or vascular and tell them tell me where i'm wrong on my assumption because i read their literature but i'm not you know, I'm not as in tune, obviously, to understanding the nuances. So I run the nuances by them and tell I ask them, am I crazy? Is this relevant? They're like, it's good enough for TV. I'm like, that's not good enough for me. Don't say that. It needs to be good enough for you. And I, I'll keep on going back and forth until I get them to say, this is good enough. And so the, having resources and working with people, because I have that community as a neurosurgeon, as a doctor, but also understanding other fields. So I try to. I ask colleagues all the time, what do you struggle with? What are tough cases? What are scenarios that you just don't feel settled with at the end of the day? What can we do better? What are some of the pitfalls in the care we're providing right now that in a few years will look totally crazy, you know, that we've just changed? So I think community and having um, good um, access to literature. I mean, these days, it's so easy for me to do a, a PubMed search and find the critical details of a surgery I've never seen before. And so these are the ways that being a good investigator and researcher has helped me be a better medical advisor.
0: And Orrin, you're obviously a very busy guy. And again, thank you for for taking the time for us. Do you watch a lot of other medical television shows, even ones that you're not advising? I do.
1: I actually try to watch TV as much as I can. Um, There are times where I, I don't watch any TV on a given week. And there are times where I don't want to watch anything medical. But I'm very curious about the shows that I don't work on, how they're doing. I don't look at it with an eye of seeing what they're not doing right. I actually watch it to think about so I can support them. So when people come to me and say that the shows aren't very real and they'll name a show I've never worked with, I'm going to, in return, tell them all the things I liked about those shows. So, I mean, while I'm a great advocate of my own projects, naturally, because I like my writers and my team, I actually advocate for the advisors I've never met on other shows. So I do take it personally if someone comments, oh, this show's not very accurate. I mean, I have family members that watch every medical show. I think maybe I grew up in that environment, and they'll tell me, oh, don't watch this one show. It's not very accurate. And I'll just think to myself, they're a bunch of advisors just like me, just doing their best. And I don't think anybody's slacking. I've never met an advisor that had time for advising and taking care of patients that was a slacker. They're not. They're working hard. And so I watch other shows mostly to stand up for colleagues that I've never met. Um, but I also watch the non medical shows. And when they throw in a medical episode or a bunch of medical scenes, and it's just like, oh, it just, they could have just called me. I mean, I put my cell phone number on my, I am, it's not going to say more of where it is, but I'm so accessible. I mean, someone can call me from LA I've never met, and I'm going to treat a patient that doesn't even exist. So I'm, I'm accessible, my colleagues are accessible, all they need to do is call us up, and just for your podcast listeners, there's a resource that I think any doctor who watches shows and is critical should sign up for, and it's um, Health in Hollywood, um, HHNS, and and um, it's based out of USC. It's completely a voluntary effort, but any doctor or expert, scientific expert, clinician can tell them what your specialty is. And then, when writers have questions, they'll go right to you. And so, I volunteered with them for maybe seven or eight years, and I get to assist new projects all the time. But in return, um, these shows are actually stepping up their medical accuracy. So, I would hope that any medical person, rather than being critical on social media or writing me hate mail, um, would just go and volunteer. And, you know, I could pay it for it right the second if everyone that you know, wanted medical shows to look like, look accurate for their specialty, just went and chipped in. It might just be one call a month or one, one call every two months, but I think we owe it to, if we're a TV viewer and we're a medical person, we owe it to the audiences to try to make things as accurate as possible for our field.
0: And I think that's a great opportunity for all of those listening. Uh, I want to do it, if you're a game, very quickly. Exactly what you just mentioned. I'd love to throw out a couple television shows and get sort of rapid fire, quick reaction. And I really love what you had said before that, you know, you're different than me. I think I fall into that group that I see something on television and say, that's not really what happens. But I think your approach is, is a, a much more positive approach. How about Grey's Anatomy? Is that one of the shows you follow?
1: Um, I think it's been around for so long, and I'm very impressed with everyone involved. I've done a little bit of detective work just to see how, what their structure is. They have experts in almost every field. They have on staff like an internship, from what I understand, where people like spend surgeons and doctors spend a whole year with them. So I think on the scale of medical advisor, they have a very sophisticated system. And the fact that the show's been so successful for so many years, um, I think that's great.
0: How about Scrubs? Scrubs is one of the one that I think as I went through. Uh, My medical training, uh, I could sympathize and empathize for the characters. I thought it does a pretty good job in terms of displaying the life of a new resident in a hospital. What do you think?
1: I don't know anything on the background, but I do know as a viewer that they tapped into the experience of being a doctor, the experience of being a patient. And it's remarkable that they could pull that off in a comedy where most of these medical shows are dramas. And I, I just think it was magical. I mean, just showing the role of the resident and the attending working together—it was just very accurate, obviously with a comedic touch. Um, but if you do ask doctors which story really, which um, TV show tapped into what it feels like to practice medicine and the struggles in the hospital and the interpersonal relationship with colleagues, I think they they hit the the jackpot. I think they tapped into that for many of us. And you know, for other shows to look into how they did it and what was the the magic sauce, I think that would be a you know, a good investigation.
0: What about House, Dr. House solving rare complex cases? What do you think about that one?
1: Another very successful show and had a very long run. Um, as you probably know, um, there are many individuals involved with the good doctor that also worked on House. So I think the medical mystery was so cool and being able to solve things in time. And, you know, all these shows, So you're, you're going to list um, different shows, but it's about the relationships and about the growth of the character, and about the you know, the medical illness and how to treat it. So I'm just, every show that had its successful run, even shows that haven't had, that only had a season, I I just like how medicine can be um, portrayed in a way that's interesting, educational, emotional, and, you know, there's growth for the characters and there's growth for the viewers.
0: And Orin, for the last couple minutes as we wind down, uh, you know, as I followed your career and gotten to learn more about you, obviously I went to your Twitter and I was hoping to, uh, to do a little reaction segment that we'll call Explain Your Tweets. And I, I'd love to read out a couple of your tweets and get you to expand upon that. How does that sound? First, that sounds good. September 4th, what happens if neurosurgery applications required video reels of all listed talents, hobbies, and interests to show proof of your true skill level?
1: In general... I mean, when it comes to applications, one can write anything. One can also self-judge themselves and say they're excellent, or, you know, if they're in music, they're the maestro. You know, they're, you can really use any term you want. Um, and in the end, does it really matter if you're as gifted as you say you are? What's really important is the emotional connection you have with what you're doing and being passionate. I think when you're interviewing residents, you're looking for a passion for not just patient care and education and research, but a passion for life for being well-rounded. So, yes, it would be nice to see them in their native you know, comfort zone. You know, I talk about people's, their happy place. If someone's played an instrument for 30 years, there's quite a bit of satisfaction from doing that. So while my comment could be perceived as let's judge them in, their, in what they're doing, but it's also just to see them perform. And see their comfort level. You know, if someone's performing in in front of audiences of a thousand, you know, they can handle quite a bit of stress. That's quite a lot. That's putting your inside out there as far as showing your skills to a greater audience. So that's my interpretation of my, my prior tweet.
0: Great. And then the final one, and I think this was my favorite July 1st star athletes have it. And wouldn't it be cool if surgeons had a video highlight reel of their greatest surgery moments? I love this idea. I'm on, on board for this one.
1: You had asked earlier about, um, if I ever think that there could be a documentary or live show about myself. And I mentioned that I would like my colleagues to be featured and to really show them. And I want to show a highlight reel of all the, the great neurosurgeons, all the great doctors, all, and it's like, so much of what we do is not behind a camera, but I just feel like, you know, I always have a fear that so many doctors just, like, never retire and they just die one day and they never get to, you know, see their legacy. They were just in it and never celebrated. And I feel like everybody should be celebrated While you're alive, and I'm not just taking a reference from a recent curb your enthusiasm um, episode. But I do want people to be celebrated. I mean, I have colleagues that just do excellent work day in and day out, and they just don't the outside of my hospital or outside of the state, people don't know. So I'd love a highlight reel. And I'm not saying for the person to watch it themselves, but just so their family members. I mean, think about what it takes for someone to be a good doctor. There are many sacrifices from their friends, from missing events, their family. I mean, there's a lot of people affected by someone being good at their job or devoting themselves. And I almost would give thanks to the family members, their support system, their spouse, their children, their parents. And so I would love that highlight reel to be available. I also think it would be nice for patients to see their doctor in that natural place, in that happy zone. I think if you saw someone really at peace while they operated, that was in control, and you know was nice to the staff. All those things that actually do occur, I think that would make the surgeon more likable. Even the surgeons that don't have as good bedside manner might be perceived as more likable if you saw how they treated people.
0: I think. At all times. I think that's an excellent idea. I'm all for that. Well, Oren, I really appreciate you taking the time to speak with us. I think you provided some excellent, unique insight into the world of television when it comes to medical TV shows. So Dr. Oren Godfrey, thanks for joining us on the Doctors Are People Two podcast.
1: Thank you for having me. That was great.
0: I have to say, Oren really did have some unique insights into the world of television. My discussion with him gave me a whole new perspective on the medical TV shows that I watch. And you'd think that being a neurosurgeon would keep Oren busy enough. I'm not quite sure how he fits everything into his schedule. It's pretty admirable. I have a couple closing thoughts on my discussion with Oren that I want to end this episode with. What Oren said about accepting the reality of the show you watch was spot on. At the end of the day, it is television. And as much as we might like the medical side of things to be accurate, I don't think we could be angry when things go a bit differently than we expect. I think we could all probably learn from the way Oren approaches these shows. Let's highlight the great work they do to show the medical field not just call out the things they get wrong. I can't help but wonder, though, if there is a danger in portraying the medical field in a particular way on TV shows. There's been a number of studies looking at this, and what stands out to me is that patients' expectations when going through real-life medical issues may be impacted by the things they are watching on TV. I'll post a comparison between a routine surgery and a traumatic injury. When you have to have surgery done, you typically have time to do some research, Talk to your doctors, maybe even talk to others who have been through the same thing. When it comes to experiencing a trauma, say a car accident or a fall that lands you in the hospital, where do you draw your information from? Because of the suddenness of the experience, you don't have time to do your research or learn what your hospital course or your healing process might be like. I think it's only natural that one might draw on things that they've seen on television. After all, think about your medical TV show of choice. I'd guess there's plenty of trauma and true emergencies shown each week. As Oren works to provide the producers and writers of these shows with accurate medical information, he's not just making sure that the actors will pronounce the medical conditions correctly. I think it's much greater than that. He truly is helping to contribute to individuals' expectations when they have an interaction with the health system in real life. My final thought relates to something Oren said in our discussion. He talked about his relationships with his patients, and how sharing stories about his television work can sometimes help to strengthen the relationship he has. Julie Beck wrote an interesting article in The Atlantic several years ago that talked about the portrayal of doctors on television over the years. She writes that in the 1950s and 60s, doctors were shown as noble, infallible, even heroes. In the 70s and 80s, that pendulum swung towards portraying doctors as flawed. Where do we stand now? It's probably somewhere in the middle, and that's probably where it should be. But I think that it sheds light on an important discussion about the physician-patient relationship. I think there's a lot to gain on both sides for physicians and patients to get to know each other. For the physician, knowing what their patient is like outside of the medical context may not change how they treat their patient. After all, each patient should be treated with the same care, compassion, and expertise as the next. But there is an incredible amount of meaning that can be restored to a physician's work when he or she treats their patient as people, and not just diagnoses or medical record numbers. And for the patient, I think it's important that they regard their doctor not just as someone who should be respected, but someone who is, and excuse the pun, a person too. We doctors do have lives outside of the hospital. We do go through the struggles of life too. I think when both the patient and the physician can bring these understandings to the encounter, a strong partnership can be formed between them, and when this happens, then the best care can be provided. What are your thoughts? What else stood out for my discussion with Oren? Be sure to shoot us a message on Instagram on our account at Doctors Are People 2 Podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Doctors Are People 2 Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts, and make sure to share it with your friends and family. Follow us on our Instagram page at Doctors or People2 Podcast. Do you have a question or a comment on the show? Maybe a guest recommendation? Direct message us on our Instagram page. Until next time, this has been the Doctors or People2 Podcast. Take care!